Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. 2. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house, and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. I believe there were twelve gates to the city of Jerusalem, but in heaven there will actually be twelve gates to heaven itself, the golden city of heaven. There is going to be three gates on the north, three on the south, three on the east, and three on the west, and each gate will be named after one of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord has told Jeremiah to stand at the gate and shout this message to the people as a warning. 3. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Reform means repentance. It means to change what you're doing and live differently. And the Lord says that to those who repent, they'll be allowed to stay in Jerusalem, even though the Babylonians are coming. The Babylonians will let the repentant remnant stay there. It's those who don't repent who will be either murdered or carried off. 4. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. They were believing that no one could destroy the temple that God lives in, but God himself vacated the temple because of all of the heinous idol worship that was going on there. He doesn't share space with idols, and he never needed a temple on earth. That was only to represent his home in heaven that he created before the world was even created. 5. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly. 6. If you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm. 7. Then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors, forever and ever. One day we may make it to World War III, and there may come great harm to many nations. But to those who repent, the Lord will take care of us if we just repent of our sins. Now that doesn't mean life will be easy, but we won't be instantly murdered or carried off, and we won't live in fear. He said the same thing to the people of Jerusalem when the Babylonians were on their way. But repentance means a change in behavior. It means that you start taking care of helpless people. Not the way the hypocritic, politically correct people do it on the internet, where they wave banners and try to empower anyone who's mentally ill and say that that person is normal. No, helping the weak is when people actually have a genuine physical need and you are meeting that physical need. And he also commanded them to stop shedding innocent blood. The Israelites were sacrificing their children to gods, and they were committing murder. And we do that today because abortion is sacrifice to Moloch and Baal, even though a lot of people doing it don't realize that that's what they're doing. Plus, we're killing children because there's many parents who don't feed their children right here in the USA.
And also there's lots of violence and abuse toward children and weak people. 8. But look, you who are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. 9. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods you have not known? 10. And then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name, and say, We are safe, safe to do all these detestable things. People today do the same thing. They have skeletons in their closet. They practice evil behind closed doors in their home, including perverted sexual sins. And then they go to church and say, We're saved. We're covered. No one can take our salvation away. But it's just religious chanting, and it isn't true. 11. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Just like in Jesus' time, they were probably turning the temple into a place of merchandise, and they were also robbing widows, just like they do today. I was in a church many years ago, and the pastor who was wearing a fancy suit and an expensive watch literally pointed at a poor old woman and told her in front of the whole church that it was her responsibility to support his programs that were going on. But he was the one who had all the money, and she was on a fixed income. The Israelite leaders were doing the same thing. They were taking money from widows and the helpless and getting richer and fatter, and they didn't care. 12. Go now to the place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. Shiloh was where they originally put the tabernacle of the Lord for many, many years before King Solomon built the temple. But because of sins that had gone on, the place of Shiloh was not a holy place anymore. 13. While you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Anyone who claims that God doesn't exist is a liar, because the Lord has spoken to every single one of us. He spoke to me when I was three years old, and He has spoken to me thousands of times since then, both when I was in sin and when I was following Him. And He spoke to me a lot during those years of sin, and I'm not special, and He doesn't have favorites, which means if He spoke to me when I was sinning, that means he speaks to everybody when they're sinning. And it doesn't matter what your religious background or what your mental abilities are. The Lord speaks to everybody. He's what some of us call a conscience, and we just ignore it and go our own way. But that was the Lord talking. 14. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in the place I gave to you and your ancestors. Religious people put their trust in the church that they built, or the Bible that they swear on, or the religious practices that they have, or one or two nitpicked Bible verses that they take fully out of context, and they build their entire cult religion on just those two or three verses. But they don't put their faith in God. They don't actually believe the whole Bible. 
They don't have time to read the Bible because they're so obsessed about following their religion and their cult practices. 15. I will thrust you from my presence, just as I did all your fellow Israelites, the people of Ephraim. Ephraim was the favored tribe. It was the youngest son of the youngest son whom Jacob loved the most. So it was his youngest grandchild. But the Lord brought his judgment on Ephraim, and now he's going to bring it on Jerusalem. 16. So do not pray for this people, nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. Normally, a prophet begs the Lord to forgive the people. Moses did this multiple times with the Lord. He begged the Lord with tears to forgive the Israelites when they were in the desert and sinned. But the Lord is here telling Jeremiah, Do not pray for the people of Jerusalem, because I've already made my decision. Babylon is coming. 17. Do you not see what they are doing in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They were worshiping idols right in the streets, out in the open. They weren't even trying to hide it. Jeremiah had a heart for his people. But during this chapter and the last chapter, the Lord has been pointing out to Jeremiah, they deserve my wrath. They've had all of their chances for decades, and I'm not going to have mercy on this town, only on the individuals who repent. 18. The children gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women knead the dough and make cakes to offer to the Queen of Heaven. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to arouse my anger. And he says, don't do these things because you're just making me jealous. You're trying to rub my nose in the dirt and remind me of your idol worship. Christians do things like this constantly and they do the Easter egg hunt and they give out candy at Halloween. Why do we do it? We're just reminding God that our ancestors were sinners and all we're doing is making him jealous. The Israelites were baking cakes to the Queen of Heaven, which is the same thing as Isis today. It's the same goddess. And they were making cakes in her name and sharing the cakes just like people would make a fruit cake at Christmas time. 19. But am I the one they are provoking, declares the Lord? Are they not rather harming themselves to their own shame? The Lord tells Jeremiah that they are shaming themselves. They're worshiping these false gods when those gods never did anything for them. They're showing themselves to be spiritually ignorant. 20. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field, and on the crops of your land, and it will burn and not be quenched. He's going to let the Babylonians totally destroy and ransack Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Judah. 21. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices, and eat the meat yourselves. 22. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices. 23. But I gave them this command, 
Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. He says, go ahead and give me your burnt offerings. It doesn't mean anything. Because when I took you out of Egypt, I didn't simply give you ordinances to follow. I also gave you the commandments to obey. All you want to do is follow ordinances. You don't want to obey my other commands about not sinning. That's how people are today. They want to follow religious ordinances. They want to carry the rosary. They want to light the candle on Christmas Eve. They want to go to the Easter Sunday cantata, but they don't want to obey the Lord's commands. Our offerings and sacrifices are void with him if we won't obey his commands in the first place. The ordinances were given to us because they all represent Christ, and all of the ordinances are a picture and an image of Christ to instruct us and teach us about him so that we'll recognize him when he presents himself to us. But the commandments are what the Lord actually wants us to do. Obey him. 24. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. The world always tells us to follow our hearts, so never do that. Following your heart means doing what you want to do and not obeying God. 25. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets. 26. But they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. Stiff-necked means that you can't turn your head from right to left. And that's what God always says when he says that people are stubborn. They'll keep going straight ahead to destruction. They won't turn to the right if the Lord tells them to stop going in that direction. And so that's why he says that they're stiff-necked. They were stubborn time after time, even though many times he let the surrounding pagans attack the Israelites. They never repented for good. 27. When you tell them all this, they will not listen to you. When you call to them, they will not answer. The Lord says to Jeremiah, I'm going to have you shout this warning in the streets, but nobody is going to listen to you because that's how hard-hearted they are. 28. Therefore say to them, This is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord, its God, or responded to correction. Truth has perished, it has vanished from their lips. They don't speak truth and they don't remember it anymore because they gave up following God long ago. 29. Cut off your hair and throw it away. Take up a lament on the barren heights, for the Lord has rejected and abandoned this generation that is under his wrath. The Lord tells Jeremiah to cut his hair off in mourning for the people who are going to die because of their sin. 30. The people of Judah have done evil in my eyes, declares the Lord. They have set up their detestable idols in the house that bears my name and have defiled it. They defiled the temple by doing idol worship right in the temple. In fact, they were bowing down with their backside toward the Ark of the Covenant. They were bowing down in an easterly direction to their idols. 
When Jesus returns, he will return from the east. His back will be to the sun, and his light will eclipse the light of the sun, because he is God. All of the witches and eastern people always bow to the east because they're worshiping the sun god and the other eastern gods. But the temple faces east because when you bow toward the temple or toward the ark, your back is to the sun and your face is to the Lord. The Bible also tells us that heaven itself faces east, which means that you have to have your back to where the sun would have been when you are in heaven and you bow before the Lord. You're actually bowing west. Jesus will come from the east in the sky, but he will be traveling west toward Jerusalem when he returns. And anyone who enters the temple always entered from the east, likewise with the tabernacle, and they were always facing west with their back to the sun, because we don't worship the sun. 31. They have built the high places of Topheth in the valley of Ben-Haman to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, something I did not command, nor did it enter my mind. The Lord detests and abhors human sacrifice, but all of the false gods demand human sacrifice. The Israelites were going into the southern valley of Jerusalem and sacrificing their children there. 32. So beware, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer call it Topheth or the valley of Ben-Hemon, but the valley of slaughter, for they will bury the dead in Topheth until there is no more room. And this is where the Lord himself is going to slaughter the people of Israel, because they slaughtered their own children and it did happen when the Babylonians came. It will happen again when Jesus returns on a white horse ready for battle, and there is a sword coming out of his mouth. 33. Then the carcasses of this people will become food for the birds and the wild animals, and there will be no one to frighten them away. It's a dishonor for a person's body to rot out in the wild and for the animals to eat it. So if your family member's body was out in the wild where birds would land and eat, then you would go out there and frighten the animals away until you could get your relative's body buried. But the Lord says, so many people are going to die when the Babylonians come that there won't be any relatives left to frighten the carry-on birds away, and those bodies will get eaten by the animals. 34. I will bring an end to the sounds of joy and gladness and to the voices of bride and bridegroom in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, for the land will become desolate. A lot of them are just going to get taken to Babylon as slaves, so there won't be weddings in Jerusalem for a long time. And that's why later on in this book we will see that the Lord prevents Jeremiah from getting married. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 7.